I was gonna start this off with like, oh yeah, I brought my my <laughs> my joke book. I was wondering if you want to hear a knock knock joke, <laughs> but I forgot. Hey, welcome to Let's Run That Back. I am Cody. I'm also Cody. He's not. That's that wouldn't make sense. He's Matt. You're Matt. I'm Matt. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. Because if mom and dad named us both Cody, that would make no sense and just be confusing. Well, Cody, Kathy Lee Gifford didn't have two sons named Cody. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be talking about Joker today, uh, directed by Todd Phillips, co-written by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, who wrote 8 Mile. I was looking. I was just looking up things, and he wrote Eight Mile and The Fighter. Those are both pretty hmm. good movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro, and you probably know all this if you're listening. But uh, I guess we'll just start with just the really basic and obvious. What did you think of the movie? Uh, what did you think of the movie? Okay. It's really weird because I liked the movie, like watching it and the pacing and the the actual filmmaking and everything and like i i think i just straight up liked the movie but for some reason i can't bring myself to say like to like give it a star rating that's like good gotcha in my opinion yeah it's a phenomenal movie yeah that didn't really need to be the joker yes people have obviously compared it to the movie that the movie's that it's obviously inspired by the Scorsese movies like Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy, which I've never seen King of Comedy. I've seen Taxi Driver and I see the resemblance. And I was thinking to myself, I almost feel like you could take the Joker name out of this and you could take Gotham out of it. And it's just like New York City and it's just a guy. And it's just Taxi Driver. And then it's just Taxi Driver. So that's like, I, I don't want to say that they like plagiarize the movie because I don't really think that. It's like the themes and, and the, the idea behind the story is pretty much the same thing. They are done very differently, I think. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of interesting that when you break it down to take away the Joker and stuff, it is kind of just Taxi Driver um, mixed with King of Comedy. Uh, he didn't drive a taxi. <laughs> well, I mean, this is definitely more um, appropriate for 2019. Yeah. You know, I feel like then then Taxi Driver obviously would have been, but it it represented uh, mental illness and the way that it's treated by society, mm-hmm. um, in a very real way mm-hmm. that you don't really ever see anywhere else in media. Yeah, and I guess like I I'm almost a little nervous to talk about it in a way because it is so. I guess such a sensitive subject and such a controversial topic. Mm-hmm. But obviously when you're talking about the, the movie, like this is what you talk about. And well, it's why they made it. Right. What I was going to say is I actually looked into it and stuff and there's a lot of, I guess, controversy you could say about if it's problematic to make a character appear sympathetic that, you know, has in history of the character in reference to Joker had such a background of horrific violence and things like that, which I don't think they made him sympathetic at all. I read that a lot of the controversy started before the movie even came out, like just based on trailers. 
Um, and I don't really like that people base things on things before seeing them, of course. I also read a lot about how the filmmakers like answered questions in regards to it, and they didn't seem prepared to talk about it when the movie pretty much... What the movie's about, they probably should have been more prepared to field questions like that, and so I don't really like that either, but I'm not really on either of their side on that, the whole controversy, which I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, so I'm probably just going to have to cut all this shit out. But one of my questions was, do you feel that they made the Joker sympathetic in any way? No. And I agree with you, and I think the main problem that people are nervous about is that if there is someone out there that would be willing to shoot up some some place that maybe seeing the Joker could make them feel like they can they can see someone in him. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I mean what they did was present this character mm-hmm. who's a mentally ill individual and highlight how over and over and over again the system failed him and he ended up doing this. Mm-hmm. Or I think it was, you know, had the system not failed him had his therapist been actually listening to the things he was saying and being a therapist rather than just a a vehicle for a prescription um it may have been avoided you know what i mean if so then in that sense does that mean that it is excusable what he did based on how badly he was treated by society it explains it doesn't excuse so you it's more like i can see what happened but no one should ever go out and kill someone and no one should obviously right you say obviously but the discussion is here because i guess to some people it's not really obvious the story is being told from arthur's perspective right so of course he's the hero right of his own story right and that's actually a great point that you brought up the movie's very vague in a way you're really not even sure if any of it actually happened or if it was just his imagination right it's very vague were all of those people actually rallying around him or is that just what he always wished would happen he wished he had the attention and people thinking that he was the greatest and all that did any of that actually happen or was it in his mind and especially just uh, i guess obviously there's just spoilers in this podcast, we're just starting at the end almost. Um, you shot Robert De Niro right in the face on live TV. <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna get to that. But what what I was gonna say is, I mean, the very end of the movie, the credits, right before the credits. Oh, okay, he's in this like mental institution looking place, speaking to that therapist that he had been speaking to way before, and. It brings into question whether or not the entire movie that we saw was maybe just like a thought he had. The joke that he thought of. The joke that he thought of. He says, I was just thinking of a joke. You wouldn't get it. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see it a couple of times, a couple of more times. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe like everything that happened when he had face paint on was Didn't in his happen. mind and everything when he wasn't wearing the face paint was real. I guess I would say which face paint because I, I kind of feel like if anything actually happened, it would be the subway murder part. I guess technically that doesn't have to be true, does it? It could have been someone else that killed the people on the subway and he just took credit or yeah, something like in his head. I don't know. Now that I say it out loud, it does. It probably all happened. 
I mean, it's a fictional movie. None of it happened. Right. I feel like it either all happened or none of it happened because I was trying to, like, I was talking to who I saw it with and I was, he was saying, okay, so then which parts do you think happened? Like, did, did he actually shoot Robert De Niro on live TV? And I'm like, well, I feel like that would be the one that happened, but then you almost can't have that one without the ones before. Right. And so, I don't know, it started falling apart immediately. So I feel like it either all happened or it didn't how seamlessly they transitioned into like him being with the girl down the hall mm-hmm. and then went back and showed you that that wasn't the yeah. case. There wasn't really a transition between like he didn't go to sleep and woke up and she was there. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just kind of walked in. It's kind of hard. Cause I almost want to jump all over the movie without yeah. really any sort of structure. structure. Which I said I didn't want to structure this one as much, but I just feel like we should try to like keep on kind of the same kind of train. The one that that he shot he killed the guy. Yeah, on. no, not the subway, just a train of thought. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually saw a, an interesting. Just one person had an interesting thought that what if this movie wasn't actually about the Joker, and it was about a crazy guy that liked to imagine he was the Joker, like it could still be all in Gotham and everything, but this isn't the Joker's origin story. It's just some guy that likes to imagine he's greater than he is. And this whole thing at the end where he's just thinking it in his head kind of would go along with that in a way. Well, that's kind of like what they did in um, Gotham, the series. Oh, so yeah. they had the Joker, mm-hmm. uh, but the Joker in that timeline is not the, the one Joker we that we know. It's that guy was inspired by the original Joker from Gotham. You know, right. spoilers be... for Gotham. Spoilers for Gotham. But yeah, exactly. And I mean, you brought up the her his, the neighbor. Um, her name was Sophie in the movie, played by I think I don't want to pronounce it Zazie terribly, Beats. but Zazie Beats is that what it is from Deadpool? Which is that what she's in? I haven't seen Deadpool too. She's Domino. Oh, she's, yeah, she's Domino. Okay, you cool. Never... No, I haven't. I haven't yet. <laughs> Another time. Um. Even though she wasn't I like gotten around to it in the last three years, <laughs> I haven't. I've, I haven't had the time. No, but um, two years. I know she wasn't like in the movie a lot, but I think she did a great job with like the part that she had mm-hmm. because it was like a really interesting way of like she didn't really have a lot of character that she portrayed because technically she wasn't in the movie the whole time. Right. It was all just what he imagined of her, right? Based on that one interaction they had in the elevator. So then. What my my question for you at the end of close to the end of the movie he enters her apartment for real mm-hmm. and that's when you get the revelation that she hasn't been there the whole time right and then strangely it just shows him walking out of out of the apartment you never really get to see like what happened in there mm-hmm. I assume he just left well I don't think... red and blue lights start flickering outside the windows yes I thought. I noticed that too, and I couldn't so I tell. Think Is you're it kind just of that... meant to assume that he killed him? You think so? Because what happens directly after that? Is it like the next day? Like, does it just cut to the next day, and he's putting on his face paint for the um for the show? Seems like it. Ugh, God, I wanted her to live. Cause I the way in my head I thought I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> of course, no one does technically, but um, I I I had the idea that he didn't, and then. That was part of why he killed his coworker when he came over. Was like he like had it like pent up, I guess, in a way. But I might just be adding too much to it, and it is possible. no. He killed that... the coworker because he's the one that got him fired. Yes, that 
was rough. That whole scene was very rough. That, that's one thing I thought they did really, really, really well in this. Um, again, it's it, it's trying to force people to confront the situation that no one wants to think it, about. Right, exactly. So, sorry, Bruce distracted me. That's okay. That's Bruce and his long fingernails for he everyone just wondering. Got clipped. Oh God! There's not a ton of violence throughout the movie, so that when there is, it is impactful. And it's brutal. And they don't shy away from it. They don't... Um, Carrie was making this point. My uh, beautiful, loving wife, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't think, I don't think she loves you that much, but she's definitely beautiful. A lot of times, <laughs> you know, they'll put two people in a room in a tense situation, cut to the outside of the house. You hear bang, 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 cut back in, and, like, dude's covered in blood. Like... They very much did not do that in, in this movie. And, and I mean, they forced you to watch as this guy essentially got killed by having his head slammed into a door jam. Yeah, and the violence in the movie the whole time, like you kind of get um, used to seeing a movie like John Wick or something where it's like, oh, it's like fun, like seeing him take down all the bad guys, and he's he, he shoots like. <laughs> like a hundred and something people in the second movie. Right. And it's, it's like a fun action movie. And this movie, there was, there was nothing fun about it when the violence started. Right. And it, and it, it like made me like sick to my stomach seeing it. And that's something that I think was obviously a very, I I think that was a great choice because it kind of goes along with not glorifying something like this and not making you sympathetic to him. Because it's not showing the violence in any sort of a, a fun, interesting, like right. It's exciting horrifying. Way. It's horrible, and and they make it a point also to show how absolutely cold blooded he is too. That the way he like chases down the people to make sure that they're dead, and how like detached he is from everything. Because especially when he kills the friend, and then the other guy is still in the room with him, and he's gonna let him go. Just the the like way that you cannot that was such tell. A good scene. You just can't tell like what he's gonna do. Oh my god! And then when he jumps at him to like scare him, right. like oh I'm gonna and he like it's like oh, I'm just kidding. Like I feel like that was the most Joker thing that he did the entire movie in a right. way because you could that was the point where you could see him getting like some fun out of it or right. something and it just was scary. It was like it was actually probably one one of the scariest movies I've seen <laughs> this year and I saw Midsummer. I was saying that I feel I, I feel like I um I was more anxious in this movie than I was seeing Midsummer. I was very very anxious in this movie. You got the feeling that someone was going to walk into the theater in a way the whole time. Yeah, it was always on my mind and I, I mean it's you brought up a good point a little while ago that I feel like the thing about the movie that I like, there's so much controversy around it. And what I like is that it got everyone talking about it because it is something that I feel like a lot of people don't want to think about. And the movie, like, put it right in your face. Right. Well, and it's it's, it's something as little as another thing that Carrie pointed out. Um, Carrie is a nurse and through nursing school, she had to do, um, uh, she could correct me, like a clinical or something. Um in a psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. And she describes talking to these people who are, you know, insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and how 
you'll be talking to them and they're perfectly intelligent, perfectly normal. And then they'll say something random like, oh, yeah, those three guys I killed on the train. Yeah. Um, and no reaction, just as if they were saying, oh, isn't it a little bit cold in here? Yeah. Um, and she's very sympathetic to the way society treats those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing that stuck, I noticed it in the movie, but it like really jumped out to her is um, before he goes out on stage for the talk show, for the Robert De Niro's talk show, and he's dancing, and there's two people standing at a camera, and mm-hmm. they just kind of look at him like, oh, look at mm-hmm. this guy, and kind of step away. Yeah. Like, that's, like, what if they had said, hey, man, you you doing okay? You don't, you don't seem like you're feeling all right. I mean, you never know. May have avoided, you know what I mean? Maybe um, not, because I think... <laughs> well, at that him. point, yeah. But it just... That's the kind of stuff that, that um, really stuck out to me. And I mean, the movie's very unsubtle in what it's saying. Right. And, and I mean, he pretty much... Joker pretty much just, like, outlines... Like, he literally monologues the whole entire, I guess, synopsis of what they're trying to say. Um, their thesis, I guess, in a way. That, I mean, this is, like, he said, he believes that this is what you get when society ignores someone like him. Whether or not he's right is a different thing, and obviously he takes it way further than someone should. But that's what they're trying to say, I would assume, is that, like, this is what happens when you ignore the problem. It doesn't just go away. It gets worse. Right. And, um, And it's like he says to his therapist that he all she just asks him how if he's had any negative thoughts and all he has is negative thoughts so she's not listening to him and he doesn't know like what else is he supposed to do in a way right and so i don't know it's it's just such an interesting and and well she has him keep the diary he says he uses it as a joke book and she doesn't even really like she flips through it very clearly not just a joke book right like, like very clearly but he, he read the one joke about it and what was knock knock who's there it's the police your son was killed in a drunk driving accident <laughs> and like well, if that's the stuff that she's reading and she's a therapist and she's supposed to be his doctor well she read the one that it really pointed out in that scene was i hope my death makes more sense than my life mm-hmm. and i the first thing i thought of in my head was like, are you suicidal? Are you having suicidal thoughts and stuff? But she's just like, well, here's your book back. Like, I mean, they made a very, like I said, the movie is very unsubtle. Right. It's showing everything in the most exaggerated way right. possible, which kind of lends itself to the comic book movie kind of thing. I don't know if they were trying to do that at all, because mm-hmm. I read that Todd Phillips is very against comic book movies. I, I, uh, I heard someone describe this as like a band covering a song when they've never heard that song huh that's kind of interesting actually where it it very much seemed like he just wanted to make this movie and say something about mental illness and and mass shootings and stuff like that and he's like oh what's big right now comic book movies this guy's crazy right we can use him yeah um and it really had nothing to like i said it didn't need to be the joker that was one of my questions is it as like a fan of Batman comics and and movies and games and like everything like we are, mm-hmm. um, d- like do you see this movie as like a part of Batman's lore? Like, do you um, see this as a as a passable 
origin story for the Joker? Yeah, absolutely. Just as much as I see the Killing Joke as one, or as I see um, the '89 Batman as one. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the point yeah. of the Joker, right? You know, it could be any. Heath Ledger's got two or three different um, stories stories about how he got those scars. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the Joker's not really specific. And I agree. And obviously, we talked about earlier how we don't even know if any of the movie happened or if all the movie happened. Some people, as I said, don't even know if he's actually the Joker or if he just likes to imagine he's the Joker. Whatever you believe, like, it is kind of strange to me to have the Joker, like, be a person. Like, I saw him as a person in this movie. And every time you read a comic or watch a movie or play a game, it's always like, Oh, he doesn't leave fingerprints and like there's nothing in the database for him and it's like I don't even know if this is a man and things like that and so it kind of takes that away from it a little bit doesn't it I mean a little bit but there are plenty of other stories and comics where he is a person right and you know I mean, it's just it what's your different take on the character yeah you know what I mean there's a version of Batman where he goes out and shoots people and you know yeah just because that's not the Batman that we're all familiar with doesn't make that any less a, a less Batman valid story. Batman, right? Um, and then how did you how did you feel when they threw in <laughs> uh, Bruce's parents getting shot? They found a way to slide it in there because you can't have I mean, that. You kind of have to. Like a part of me, I know I've seen Bat Bruce's parents get killed eight hundred times at this point. But that exact me, same way from that exact angle. Yes, exactly. It's always the same. And it's like, it's like, all right, let's see if he grabs the pearls like every time. Um, but it was kind of, I don't know why I still get kind of like a little bit of like, a, oh, this is pretty cool. When all the riotings happen, it shows like a movie theater and you're like, oh, I think I know what's about to happen. Right. And you like see them shuffling out. And I almost wish they just didn't show it happen in the alley. Like I kind of wish it just showed them like, oh, let's go this way. And like, you know what's going to happen now. You like hear a bang. Right. Or like you see the guy pull the gun and turn and then you just don't show anything else. I think that would have been pretty cool because I think it would have added to just the subtle way that they were telling the whole story. God, I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen like that. You see, you don't. They don't even really need to specify that it's the Waynes. It's you just a know kid it. and a, and and two parents, and then they pan back over to Arthur, and you hear a bang. Yeah, yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> Especially because I mean, Thomas was so like he was in the movie a lot, so right. You don't even have to see his wife or kid the whole movie, even though you do, and you would see Thomas Wayne walk out. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. <laughs> What did you think about the whole, like, plot point of Thomas Wayne is his father, or is Thomas Wayne his father and everything? When they first introduced it, I was like... You were a little bit upset, right? Alright, let's see where this goes. Yeah. And by the time they get around to resolving it, you're like, of course, why, why didn't I see this coming? But my favorite part of it is that, in a way, it's still kind of you still kind of don't know like it very much points to the fact that she was delusional and had all those thoughts but in a way also you know that thomas wayne is so powerful that he could have made everything happen the way he needed it to and who would believe her over him right so it's like i kind of like that in a way you don't know but i have a feeling 
it's probably the way it's presented in the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and even later in the movie, after all that's kind of like resolved in a way, mm-hmm. you see him have the picture that says like, I, I always love your smile and it's signed like TW. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, Oh, Oh, like shit. Like she has something that he wrote that on. And then I saw someone comment somewhere like she could have just as easily written that on the back of the picture. Right. And I was like, shit. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. That was a really interesting plot point that I feel like everyone that's really into all of the story got real nervous. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're just going to make Bruce and him brothers. It felt weird, but I think it was effective, especially in his, like, I guess, hatred towards Thomas. And then you can kind of imagine the it well later. Theme. Right. Right. And you can imagine it that if this is the Joker, that's eventually going to be the arch nemesis of Batman maybe there's going to be something where he knows it's Bruce and things like that. Yeah. Could add some extra like depth to it in a way. Right. I don't think this Joker's ever meant to be Batman's arch nemesis. Right. Ever. Cause you think he's, it's going to be like Gotham where someone else is inspired or something. Or do you just think this Batman's just never going to have a Joker? This is a standalone movie. I know it's a standalone movie. I'm saying I'm pretending to, I'm not saying there's ever going to be a sequel or that there needs to be. I'm just pretending if this is the Batman universe and we know that kid's going to be Batman, is he not going to have a Joker? I think this version of the Joker would just shoot Batman in the face. That's actually a very, very good point. That's kind of what he does the whole entire movie, isn't it? And um, I think that they did an absolutely outstanding job throughout the whole film at making you feel exactly how they wanted you to feel mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of great stuff with suspense. And I think my favorite one was him like rehearsing being on the show before being on the show. And his knock knock joke ended with him shooting himself in the head. And so then the whole time building up while he's on the show, you're like, I actually was kind of expecting him to shoot himself. Right. But then the conversation takes the turn like that he wasn't expecting. I even feel like I don't even know if he was planning to shoot Murray right when he went out there and the way that it built up and built up and the whole time I was nervous and then I could feel it starting to pick up and I just like, I didn't want to watch. I was, I was just so anxious for what Mm -hmm. was about to happen. And then it happened. He shot Murray and then they just make you like sit with it and you have to like watch what happens after. And that I feel like that's the scariest part. Right. And that's where like the realism came into it. Right. And how just like crazy he seemed and the fact that he just sat there and just kind of just like like he did what he needed to do. Right. Oh, God. It's it just terrifying. In it. Yes. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix's performance is the whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think this movie could exist if his performance wasn't as good as it was. Right. And... No, he was phenomenal. I think it's obviously, like, it's so cool how he did such a different take on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, there's just never been anything like him. And I feel like he, he stands up there as one of the, the yeah. great Jokers. Right. His laugh was incredible. And I, I loved how there was, like, different different like ways his laugh manifested mm-hmm. it, it was almost like sometimes it was the uncontrollable laughing that he that he hated and he couldn't stop and he wanted to stop 
You'd be crying at the same time. He, he that was, laughing. was yeah. horrifying. And then there's the laughing that I almost feel like he did to fit in. And like he wouldn't find the thing funny, but everyone else is laughing. So he has to laugh. I loved that scene where he's watching the comedy and he's like taking notes. Right. And he's almost like looking around at like everyone in the audience like, oh, is this the part where you're supposed to laugh? Right. And he would have parts where he laughed where no one else did. And it's like, oh, he realizes that's not where you're supposed to laugh. Right. It just showed how like out of touch he was with other people. Right. Quickly. Very, very visually. Anything you want to say? I've been talking (laughs) a while. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he at least gets nominated for sure uh, for an oscar he'll probably win like a people's choice or you know one of those Mm -hmm. i don't know that i see him winning the oscar but Mm -hmm. it depends on what else he's up against i guess technically but another thing that i absolutely loved about the movie was the was just the production design um every scene the whole background just felt so like gross and dark and dirty and i loved the idea of garbage just keeps piling up on the city they really did a good job of building around the strike yeah Uh, building around this tension building and you it it just felt so like whenever he left the apartment it's like i almost felt unsafe just being outside with him right production design was amazing the cinematography was amazing i i loved that little scene the way it was filmed just after he killed the people in the subway and he was in the the bathroom doing his dance yeah does that dance like calm him down or do you know i think that i have to see it again i almost feel like that's how you know he he murdered someone is he dances right after because he did it then he did it i believe just after the he killed uh his his co-worker and he did it after murray and then he did it no, he did it before murray he did it before Murray? Are before sure? he went out. He was dancing in front of the curtain. I guess you're right. Because I was going to say then he dances at the very, very, very end when he's walking away with the bloody footprints. Yeah. He starts dancing. And he doesn't dance after being in the neighbor's apartment and leaving. What about after his mom? I do know he danced after the co-worker because he danced down the stairs and then the cops started chasing him. Right. But uh, after his mom. See, I have to see it again. That's just something I feel like happened, but I don't know if maybe it, if it did. Like I, that's what I'm saying. Like I wonder if it like calms him down. Cause remember when he was playing with the gun and he was dancing? Yes. And he was, you know, oh, you're a good dancer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like I wonder if that's just like how he feels comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it, I think it's that's definitely a valid thing. Is that it's probably something that calms him down and lets him almost get out of his head in a way. Right. Because I I just loved the way it was filmed when he was in the bathroom. And he was just doing these weird movements and the way the camera, it almost felt like the the cinematographer had no plan of what he needed to show. It was just like Joaquin Phoenix was moving and he had to try to like follow that. It almost felt like he was dancing with the camera in a way. And I just, I loved that shot. Yeah. This is going to sound bad. but We'll, we'll yeah, cut it out. It's fine. Yes, the cinematography was good. But I feel like the movie only had like one tone, mm-hmm. so there wasn't much that the cinematographer needed to do. Obviously, I know that like a lot of work gets put into it, and and they worked really hard. And and but 
it was almost like it was just documenting. Right. It wasn't there. There wasn't like different looks for different scenes because right. you were trying to convey a different emotion. Like it right. was, which I think was, was the point. The same. I think that's what they were trying to do. Right. Because I, I don't know. I guess he does have like a big character arc because he goes from being like this guy that no one's heard of to the Joker. But I feel like in a technical sense, he kind of stays the same in a way the whole time. He just gets more and more angry. Well, right. And like he says, as he's not able to take his meds anymore. Oh, yeah. He, quote, you know, feels like his actual self is starting to come out. Right. So it is a slow release as far as that's concerned. Right. uh, Because his meds are wearing off. I, I never looked it up. I'm, I've been wondering ever since if that condition of laughter is like actually it a does, thing. It's real. It is. Yeah. I mean, like we've already said, I, I don't know if we even need to say it again, but obviously nothing that he does is, what did we say, excusable. But you like can't help but feel bad for him in moments like when he's just trying to make that kid laugh. And the mom says, stop messing with my kid. Right. And then he can't control it. And he just starts laughing. And then, like, when he gives the card, they did a great job, by the way, of giving you enough time to read everything they put on the screen. I don't know how they did it, but gives the card and says, like, I have a condition where I laugh and, like, please return the card. Like, God, I just felt so bad for him in that that moment. Like, because I was imagining myself as that woman, and I was thinking I would probably want to get away from that. Right, but you're on a bus. Right, and and it's like it's because it's scary, and it's like I don't I don't know anything about this person, and I think obviously that's what the movie's about, and it's about imagining yourself in someone else's shoes, and then I can't really imagine being in his shoes after right. a certain point. Right. Um. I, I, overall, I feel like. I really liked the movie. I loved the atmosphere and the the acting was incredible. And um, the ambiguity of the movie is both a positive and a negative for right. me. But I, I really liked that aspect of it. And I completely understand where some people are coming from if they didn't like it or, or anything like that. But it's just weird to me that I almost can't bring myself to say like, oh, it was like five stars out of five or something. Right. I, I like when movies make you feel things that you didn't expect to feel Mm -hmm. i love the marvel movies i love the star wars movies i love you know but i know exactly what i'm gonna get going into those Mm -hmm. endgame was a bit emotional (laughs) uh you know or more so than i expected yeah for sure but for the most part i know what i'm getting out of those movies yeah you know what i mean um i did not know what i was getting out of this movie I did not expect to feel as uncomfortable as I did the entire yes. time. It was hard to watch. Yes. But I do feel like it's one of the most important movies that have been made on that in subject, the last I guess. Five, ten years. Maybe. As, you know. Um, I feel like it's important for a lot of people to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially people that don't want to think about it or Right, see exactly. It. And I think that a lot of people are taking the wrong message from it. And that's unfortunate. But like I said, at least people are talking about it and it can right. it can make people talk even if I wouldn't say it's the wrong message, but I guess maybe just not the intended message. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, so uh <laughs> Well on that note. No, but uh 
I I I I look forward to seeing if uh if Joaquin Phoenix gets nominated. I'm sure he will. And I'm not super looking forward to the second time I watch this movie, <laughs> but I know I'm going to. Oh, for sure. And I mean I want to give it a rating, but I, I just I still don't know if I've thought of it yet. And I and I I just really liked the movie, and I feel like it's the kind of movie that someone should go see. I think this is five stars for me. You do? I don't generally. I know the last movie that we talked about, I probably gave five stars as well, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I don't generally give mm-hmm. movies five stars. Yeah. And and this one definitely earns all of them. And I do you think. know what's funny is. I feel like the thing that's keeping me from giving it a rating is that I think I want to give it five stars. And <laughs> part of me is almost like, Cody, you give, you like, I feel like I give a lot of things five stars. And so I always knock it down to four and a half. Yeah. But I just, I was looking, I always rate things by like the directing, the acting, the, the writing and stuff. And I just felt like, you know what, it all did exactly what it was supposed to do. And right. I think, um, even if something like this has been done before with Taxi Driver and everything, I just feel like it, it felt really relevant and modern on that. Um, and so, yeah, if I had to, I guess I'd probably give it four and a half or five stars. I really no, liked you it. You don't have to. Uh, Matt, put the gun down. <laughs> I'll give it the five stars. All right, well, yeah, so we just talked about Joker. Really good. You should it's go been out. fun. You should go out and see it. I mean, Dancing with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. That's another one that is pretty good. Maybe we could do one of that one one day. Uh, but yeah, so I'm Cody. I'm also Cody. He's not. He's Matt, and oh, I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And that was the Joker. Have a good one.